Hi, this is Bill Hoppy, Buffalo Sabres beat reporter, and I'm joined by Nick Sabato, Buffalo Bills beat reporter, and Nagar Gazette sports editor. Welcome to episode 19 of Buffalo Press Box. Nick, the Bills defeat the Miami Dolphins 21-14 in a thriller at uh, Hard Rock Stadium. They clinched the AFC East. I mean, this has just been a wild, wild run. They finished 11-6. and six. I mean... It, a month ago, the playoffs was looking pretty iffy, and the division seemed way, way out of reach, and they did it for the fourth year in a row. Just, I mean, how did the Bills pull off this five-game winning streak to do what really no one thought they were going to do? They scored more points than the other teams. Okay, yes, that's why we have you for this that kind of hard-hitting analysis. That's right. Um, I think they they just finally got to a point where – they were clicking on both sides of the ball, and at times, if one side wasn't clicking, the other the other still was. So, um, you know, early in the season, we had some of those weird games where the Bills, um, you know, maybe they got a slow start on offense, um, or maybe the defense couldn't close out the game, um, or you know. Uh, you know, there's the game against the Eagles. I think that was really the only game where the defense just just didn't really have it um, outside of maybe like the first, you know, quarter and a half or so. Um, but they, they really just started to play, as Sean McDermott likes to say, complementary football. Um, you know, they, they didn't have to rely on Josh Allen to be Superman every game. Um, and I think that kind of helped it. You know, it wasn't Josh Allen or Bust for some of those games. Really, most of the the five game winning streak. Really, he didn't go off until um, the 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 Dolphins game. Um, he was kind of a, a secondary performer, and you know, against the the Cowboys and and um, and the Patriots. And then, obviously, the defense has been significantly better over the last five games from start to finish. Where um, you know they're getting after the quarterback. They're creating some turnovers. Uh, they're they're not they're not getting you know they're not giving up like this big play. Um, you know when you when you think that they're really starting to clamp down. They early in the year they'd have a a tendency to just give up a big play, especially like on maybe a first down that gives a drive going or whatever. Um, they they've just really kind of kind of clamped down. So Josh Allen goes 30 to 38 for 359 yards, two touchdowns and uh, the obligatory two interceptions uh, had 15 runs for 67 yards, including that, that late one for the first down, which will, I think live in infamy just where does I mean, uh, his performances can be hard to rank, but where does this one, I guess, kind of rank for you in his all time performances? Uh, probably not very high. I don't, you know, I think it's crazy to think that, but um, he he was he was outstanding pretty much the whole game except for a couple of plays, right? I mean, there was the mm-hmm. the the first interception was just dreadful. Um, <laughs> his first read wasn't there, and then you watch the replay, and I don't know if he even looked at you know before he threw the ball. Uh, that was that was terrible, and then. Uh, obviously the next one, the next interception, I think, um, that play was supposed to go to Dalton Kincaid on a rub route. I think Josh looked at it and and saw 
thought maybe maybe if he threw that, the cornerback would have jumped it. Um, you know, and then you know he he scrambles to his right, and there's just no nobody there. Like he he's got three receivers in the end zone. Like on fourth and two, um, you know you shouldn't have three receivers. You know, thirty yards downfield. So I kind of put that one on Joe Brady a little bit, um, because you know throwing it into the end zone in that scenario, um, you know, it's better than taking a sack or, or, you know, trying to run or whatever it is and, and not get it. Cause you know, you pick up 10, 15 yards there actually on the inter- on the touchback. Um, and then there was the fumble, um, which in part was a great play by Christian Wilkins, but Allen's got to get the ball out there. Um, you know, so there were a couple of plays where he wasn't very good, but for most of the game, he was outstanding. 14 to 15 in the second half. Um, and then, you know, even even the first half, you have those turnovers. Um, but you look at the, and they're down 14-7, but you look at the stat sheet, they're averaging eight yards a play. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people were thought the sky was falling, and I just looked at it as, if they can if they can finish one of these drives, they're gonna be cooking. I mean, this wasn't a I, I look at this game and it was 21-14, and yeah, they had to come back in the fourth quarter to win, and they only scored 21 points. But if they if they don't have those if let's say they they finish two of those those three turnovers, I mean, because they were they were in Miami territory, we're looking at a blowout, not a seven point win. Um I think the Bills were clearly the better team on Sunday. Um, and, and Allen was a big reason why. But when you look at some of his best performances, um, I don't I don't know. Um, obviously, the 13 seconds game against the Chiefs, the Patriots game the week before, even the Patriots game in New England that year, um, he was superb. Uh, I look at... Uh, the Seahawks game in 2020, um, the Rams game in, in 2020 where he led them back. Uh, they were up double digits, gave up the lead, came back and won with a couple of seconds left. Uh, he was tremendous in that game. Uh, but, you know, uh, there, there haven't been a ton of those games this year when you think about it. Uh, I thought he was really good against the Eagles. Obviously, he had a couple of misses and in a turnover that really, really hurt him. I think the Dolphins game in, in Buffalo is probably his best game this year. Um, but he was certainly, even with the turnovers, the best I think he's looked in in quite some time. Hmm. All right, Nick, so back to the defense. Uh, this, I mean, the defense, when you, I mean, they've been able to lock games down late. I mean, just... Take us through the turnaround. What's happened that this defense can can close out games? And they're close. I mean, they're closing out games without Vaughn Miller. I mean, I think some people thought by now Vaughn Miller would maybe be back to a level where he's maybe a little impactful, and he's not. I mean, what what's allowed them to, you know, to 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 do this to to squeak out these games to just lock it down late? Well, I I think obviously the the big thing. Uh... In the, over the last five games, you look at it, three of those games, they've protected the lead in the last two minutes. Um, 
They did it against the Chiefs. They did it against the Chargers. They did it against the Dolphins. Um, and obviously, you know, in the middle part of the season, they did not do that. They gave up three three go ahead scores, or they or they um, they had a lead and they couldn't hold it. And then there were two more games where it was decided on the last play. You know, it was an incomplete pass on the last play. So you look at between week six and week twelve, um, and the final two minutes are overtime. Quarterbacks against the Bills went twenty-eight of thirty-five for two hundred eighteen yards, two touchdowns, and they gave up nine. They had three pass interference calls and gave up gave up nineteen points. Nick, I should mention, is just re- like he's not looking at notes. He he's just like literally like just like rattling these numbers off. It's amazing. Okay, not to interrupt. Go ahead. Uh, and then <laughs> you 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 look at at you know with the the Bills kind of had a problem at that time. Sean McDermott was having a hard time kind of finding a balance between being too soft and too aggressive. Um, against zone defense in the last two minutes, 19 to 20 for 154 yards in those games. And then when they blitz, so that, I mean, that tells you they're, they're a little soft, but when they would you know have a zone blitz or, or um, just in general, I mean, they, they blitz 10 times during, during that period in the last two minutes Eight of them, they dropped a defensive end in coverage, which I know that's, you know, Dick LeBeau uh, popularized that. It might be his worst uh, worst contribution to football because you think, like, what, you know, a lot of those, a couple of times they had Von Miller dropping. Like, you got a, you have a defensive end who's 34 years old coming off of ACL surgery and still isn't getting the quarterback because he's not right yet and you're dropping him in coverage. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. But quarterbacks that when they did that went seven of eight for fifty two yards. So um, they they just had a really hard time finding a balance between um, you know playing soft or playing too aggressive, and they've kind of found um, you know the the right the right medium. I mean, over the last five games, those three games that we talked about. Um, where they were protecting the lead in the last two minutes, we got four of 11 for 39, nine yards and an interception. Um, and ironically they've blitzed, they've blitzed two times during that stretch and they have the same amount of sacks. One, obviously that at Oliver sack against the chargers that they had, and they had one sack in five, you know, the other five games that, you know, in the middle of the season. So, um, they're 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 doing a better job of mixing and matching coverages in the last two minutes. Uh, you know they're playing they're playing a little bit more man defense now in the last two minutes than they did previously. I think um, having Rasul Douglas, you know, get acclimated and obviously he got hurt against the Dolphins, but I think he's made a big difference. Um, and and uh, you know having a, a healthy complement of the defensive linemen now. I think is also making a big difference. You you look at the middle part of the season, both, you know, uh, Greg Rousseau got hurt at the end of that Dolphins game in week four and wasn't right for about a month. And then, you know, at Oliver, he's played so well all season. It's easy to forget that he missed a game and then was nursing a toe injury. Um, Leonard Floyd has kind of been nursing some, some injuries all season. And it's hard to, it's hard to think about that because he's played so well. Um, Song hero for sure. Yes, yes. I mean, I tell you what, Leonard Floyd is 
a fascinating, a fascinating guy. You, you see him in the locker room or you see him walk off the practice field and he's like the slowest, slowest guy in the world. Uh, he's just so low key. His facial expression rarely ever changes. And then, you know, you see what everybody else sees on TV. It's, it's wild. Um, but he's just been a tremendous addition to this defense. Um, but, but having, having those guys, um, healthy now, I think it's just made a big difference. Um, and, um, we kind of saw it, saw it against the dolphins. I mean, you know, McDermott had blitzed 44 times in the previous four games. He blitzed once he, he blitzed to a tug once. And that that's kind of the book. He was the least blitz quarterback in the league. The dolphins were the least blitz team in the league because Tua gets it out quicker than anybody in the, in the league. And, you know, McDermott didn't try to gamble. He just played coverage and, um, relied on the front four. I mean, they didn't get after him too much, but when, you know, he, he doesn't do pressure well. When people get anywhere near him, he's going to get irat- erratic, and that's what happened. Um, and then, obviously, at the end of the game, they played coverage. They they go, they they played zone, and um, he floated one down the sideline that Taylor Rapp almost picked off. And then the next play, they go back to man, uh, man underneath, uh, Safety's safety's over top and and wrap undercut it. So uh, I think you have to give Sean McDermott some credit. You know he you know deservedly got got a lot of heat early in the season because it just didn't look like he had any answers late in the game. And he he said you know before the bye week he was going to take a long hard look at it. And you kind of you know roll your eyes like okay yeah sure 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 you know just saying the right thing. But he comes back and. You know, he said that he went um, and looked at all of his old play calls as a coordinator, all of his his calls late in the game. You know, with the Bills, and you know, he he really he really has found what what worked. And you know, you look at it, and yeah, you know, one of those games is Easton Stick, right? Um, but the other two, I mean, two attack two is the the NFL's passing leader this year, and then the other guy was Patrick Mahomes. So nothing to to poo poo there. For sure. All right, Nick. So the Bills, five straight wins, as we know. The NFL's hottest team. Uh, does momentum matter in the playoffs? I mean, they've gone. I mean, each of these past three years, they've they've gone into playoffs. Four years. Four years. They've in a row. They've gone in with at least four consecutive wins. Even in 2019. No, 2020, 2021, 2022. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going back too far. Um. So, I mean, does I mean they've been on a roll in past years, or they're certainly on a roll this year. Does momentum matter in in the playoffs, in your opinion? It depends. Do you want me to do you want me to 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 crap on your parade here? Uh, If you want. Well, I guess that's what I do. Mm -hmm. It's your specialty. Uh, It is my specialty. Um, I think yes and no. Um, when you take an easy way out now. No, I, I I think you you have to be like you have to be playing well going into the playoffs, right? Um, but you if you look at it, thirty two teams in the last twenty years have gone in the playoffs on a five game win streak. Six have gotten to the Super Bowl, three have won. Hmm. So that's not great odds. Um, no, it's the same token. Sixteen have gotten to the conference championship game, so you got like a fifty fifty shot there. Um, 
But I think this playing well matters, right? I mean, you look at 2021, um, they were playing well at the end of the season, but they, they won their last five, I believe. Um, or maybe that was the year they won their last four. I think that was the year they won their last four. Um, and you, outside of that Patriots game we mentioned before, Josh really didn't play well at the end of this year there. Um, he had the, he had, he had that big Patriots game, but the rest of the games just not, not tremendous. If you recall, they had the snow game against the Falcons and he threw three picks and they ran for like 200 some yards to win that game. Um, but then all of a sudden he gets into the playoffs against the Patriots and the chiefs and he goes on a bender, like, you know, few have ever done in playoff history, but the team was playing well. So I think that kind of mattered there. Um, and I, I think, you know, playing well matters. Um, maybe not necessarily the wins, but playing well matters. And then you, you also have to, I think there's some, they spent the last five weeks trying to get back. Um, trying to trying to get to where they are, you know, it, did they tire themselves out doing it? Um, I don't think so, but um, that's always something to think about. But I think the one thing that plays in their favor this year is that win or lose, no matter how far they get, whether they lose Sunday or they win the Super Bowl, you're not going to see this incarnation of the Bills next year or ever again. Um, it's just the way it is at the moment. I mean, there's so many, so many guys are now older. Um, contracts are coming up. They have uh, 23 free agents coming up, 22 unrestricted free agents. Seven of those guys have been, um, have been in Buffalo since uh, their their fourth their their first AFC East championship in 2020. So things are going to look different. There's there's some other older guys that are going to that have a year left on their deal that maybe will be cap casualties. Uh, um, maybe, maybe restructure issues. And you look at Mitch Morse. Um, he's on that list. I think they'd hate to lose him, but um, they're going to have to figure out something with his contract. I think they're going to have to take a look at Trey White's contract. Uh, Micah Hyde's deal is up. Um, you know, Jordan Poyer, I think they could get rid of. He's got one more year left on his deal, but I think they could easily walk away from that if they chose, um, you know. So the, the, this is this is the last time. This is I think this is the last run with this group. Um, they've got I believe six guys that were here in 2017 with Mitch with McDermott's first year, and it's important to them I think to win a Super Bowl together. Um, I think. Any of them will take a Super Bowl anywhere they can get it or whoever they can get it with. But it's very important to them to win together because they've been together for so long. They've been through so many ups and downs. Uh, they started something here and they, they I think it's, it's very important to finish. Um, and I think that's going to be in their favor. All right, Nick. So the 10 and 7 Steelers on a three game winning streak coming to Orchard Park Sunday. Just what, what do you make of the Steelers? They're also a team that fired their offensive coordinator during the season. I, I guess it worked. I mean, it seemed it worked for the Bills. It seemed like it worked for them. Um, just what do you make of the Steelers? I mean, they're not the Steelers we're used to, but they're from some of the you know earlier Tomlin years. But they, I mean, they're still a ten and seven team. 
I mean, they're as banged up as as the Bills. Um, T.J. Watts is out, and obviously mm-hmm. he's just tremendous. Nineteen sacks. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick is out. Free safety. He's tremendous. Um, Cam Hayward is thirty four years old. He's not what he used to be, but he's still very good. Um, um, High Smith, the other the other edge rusher. He's he's good. Um, so I mean, they've got some guys. Um, and then on offense, they've got George Pickens. He's good. Deontay Johnson is good. Tight end Pat Fryermuth is really good. And they've got two decent backs, um, Warren and Najee Harris. So um, I think they're better than a lot of people do. It's going to come down to can Mason Rudolph play the way that he's played since coming in relief of, of Mitch Trubisky. And that's the big question. I mean, he he wasn't good enough to to maintain maintain the job when he got a look a few years ago when Roethlisberger was hurt, um, and then obviously wasn't good enough that they they spent the second round pick on Kenny Pickett, and went out and got Trubisky from the Bills. Um, so you know, did he get better, um, or is he eventually going to regress to what he was? I mean. He clearly was, he wasn't good enough to beat out Pickett or Trubisky the last two years, so you have to wonder if at some point he's going to come back down to earth. And you know, I think the other part is, what's the weather going to be this weekend? I mean, it's, I was going to bring that up. I mean, could that be the great equalizer? Yeah, I, I mean, what, what, what is? I, I, I've, I've seen twenty-five mile an hour sustained winds, um, gusts over fifty. Uh, possibly snow. They don't know how much snow. Um, so so what what's the weather going to be? Because obviously that's going to change things if the Bills can't throw the ball uh, too much. But I think the the fact that they've been able to run the ball um, with success is, is I think that should make people feel better. Obviously, the running game hasn't been what it was. Uh, the last two games uh, against the really, I guess the last three games they did, they ran all right against the chargers, but um, not a ton of success against a good Patriots defense and, and not a ton of success against the dolphins. Um, so, um, you know, we'll see if they can get it going against a, a pretty physical front for, for the Steelers. But I think the bills are an underrated team physically as well. Um, they're not going to back down from people. And I can't really remember the last time somebody pushed the, pushed the bills around. All right. So prediction time, I'm going to say 24, 10 bills. One of my rare predictions under 30 points, sticking with my first 17 predi- pred- predictions and that they'd win. What do you got, Nick? Um, We'll say a 20, 23, 7. All right. See, we've been having a lot of similar predictions. We, we think alike. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. If the weather is, is going to be as predicted, I, don't, I think it's hard to predict over 30 points. I hear you on that. So you you really you really cut me off at the knees there with your, your, your 24 pick. Hey man, live with it. Well, I, I, 
you must have been watching too many USFL games on on YouTube. <laughs> I haven't watched any USFL. You want to know what game I'm watching right now? What what game are you watching? I'm watching Week 16. Oilers at Browns, 1988. <laughs> why why that game? I because. I don't know. I like the 1988 football season. Two interesting, cool teams, and I remember the watching the wild card game on Christmas Eve because they played each other the same two weeks in a row in in Cleveland, and I just remember watching that game. So Th- that happened a lot in that era because the Bills played the Bills played the Giants late in the 90s season. Obviously, played them again in the Super Bowl. And I believe the year, the comeback year they played the Oilers with the last game of the regular season and played them. They did. The they got, they got uh, trounced in the Astrodome, and they and then they came back the next week and beat them. Yes, this was back to back weeks in Cleveland. It was it's a it's a fun game. How, how did you feel about the nineteen eighty eight Sabres season? Eighty seven, eighty eight, or eighty eight, eighty nine. Well, I guess that would have been eighty eight, eighty nine, right? Eighty eight, eighty nine. Uh, I thought they should have beat Boston in the first round. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Well, they're better than they're better than the current Sabres team, I, I suppose, because just when it seems like they're turning a corner and they're never going to lose again, uh, they 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 give up uh, what was it uh, three goals in a row against the the Kraken. After, three goals on five shots in the second period after taking a one nothing lead. Um, Bill, I think we're 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 midway through the season here. Exactly. Yeah, you know, a lot of people say they can't make, they can't, they can't figure out this team. Is it fair to say that that's just this is just who they are? That they're going to play well for a game or two, and then they're they're going to have a a bad period and and get trounced. That's who they've they've proven to be, shown to be for half a season now, and you still for for weeks you keep thinking well they'll get going they'll get going they're so much better than what they are and then last week they beat the canadians a team you expect them to beat on the road handily six to one and then they go into pittsburgh and really played a terrific game and and win three to one so you're thinking well it's, it's it's only the second time all year they've won two games in a row which is astounding but you, you're thinking they're building momentum, and here they are. They're coming home, and they just they roar out of the gates against the Kraken. But uh, they they had 15 shots, but before the first period was halfway over, and they and then then they're behind uh, before the first period ends. So, and then in the second, they the Kraken score three goals on the five shots. The Kraken only had 11 shots over the the final. Uh, uh, two periods so it's just it's just a weird game i mean sabers they started off so hot they couldn't maintain that which i mean you don't expect them to i mean the seattle's become really good in the last few weeks here i mean they're a very good team last year but they've and they struggled this year a bit but they've really found it again so i mean you know the sabers aren't going to maintain that kind of start but i mean they just the sabers just made some big mistakes the crack and capitalized on them and and they end up with a three goal loss and it's just the Sabres. It, 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 there's so much that's been mystifying this year about them, but I mean, this, uh, the mistakes they make uh, on a consistent basis. I mean, we, we saw Alex Wenberg scored a, just an odd breakaway goal after uh, uh, a turnover. Uh, 
They didn't get a, you know, they need a save here and there. And Devin Levi, he's been very good since he returned from Rochester, but that wasn't his game, his best game uh, on Tuesday. And, you know, we, we see Matty Benier score the fifth goal from the left circle, a goal Devin Levi almost certainly wants back. And Rasmus Dallin just lumberjacks his stick over the net, just breaks it into two. Um, it was, I mean, it was just that kind of night. It was very, very frustrating. And they build up all those momentum, and now it's gone. And that was the first game of a six-game homestand. I mean, a six-game homestand that I think is going to determine if they can make a playoff charge. I mean, if they can get going. I mean, they're not a good home team, but if they can get going and, and win some here and they can make a little climb, then there's hope. But if they if, I mean, if they don't win, you know, four of these, I, I think it might be pretty much over. Yeah. I mean... Should we be talking about playoffs at this point? I mean, they're they're not really in the hunt here at the moment, and and haven't shown that they're going to to get in the hunt here. Uh, obviously, I, I I would agree with you. You know, if they can't figure out how to, let's say, get a minimum of four of two points in four of these six games, they're in they're probably in pretty deep trouble. Um, you know, unequivocally, but is it is it even fair to be talking about about the playoffs at this point? Well, you, you raise an interesting point because I mean, realistically, the way they've played, where they are in the standings, I mean, you, you really don't look at them as a playoff team. But uh, the narrative for this team, the the goal, the stated goal, I mean, this was supposed to be the year. This was supposed to be the year. They finally make the playoffs after falling one win short last year and, and all the growth they had over the past couple of years, especially last year, punctuated by all these guys having terrific offensive seasons and the way they finished. And there was just a, so much hope and expectation and optimism. So playoffs is just it's been the narrative. It's been it's been the topic because, I mean, this was supposed to be the year and halfway through uh, it, it's certainly not looking like it. So, I mean, if they were in this position, you know, whatever you, you know, in a, another season, you'd say no, but um, the playoff subject, uh, just talking about, it isn't going to go away because uh, that was the state of goal this year. And they had made so much progress and it seemed, it wasn't, it wasn't just talk. It was, I mean, it seemed real for the first time in, I don't know when, 2016 or 2012 or 13. I mean, it, it seemed real. So, and here we are. Uh, they're way down in the in the Atlantic Division, way down in the East, and it, it right now it's not looking too good. And and it just doesn't seem like much help is coming here. I mean, you look at Tage Thompson. Everybody, you know was projecting him to to take a run at 50 goals and he gets demoted from the top line and he was invisible yesterday. I mean, it, it was like he, he got demoted and didn't do anything to get promoted. Yeah. He, he just didn't have a good game and it was, it was, he got switched early and uh, he went between Jordan Greenway and um, Zach Benson and Casey Middlestep moved up with Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck and Middlestep played a pretty good game. Uh, but yeah, it just it wasn't a good game for him, and he he came in on a on a pretty good role. Uh, well, he had like something like ten points in seven games, I think. 
after going through that whatever hand wrist injury, he was finally finding a groove again. Um, I, he, I think he stopped playing with his uh, brace, and so he I, and you could you could tell that he, he was a different player. So I don't. I think it was just a a bad night for him. I mean, I'm not ready to, <laughs> you know, say he's you know he's in a funk or anything because I mean he came in on a pretty good role, and I, I think I mean. For some of these guys, it, it, it it's been a tough season for them because uh, they they maybe didn't have the start they wanted. They've been hurt. They've been trying to you know they missed the games and they they've just been trying to find that groove again. I mean, Alex Tuck has gone through some stuff too, where he just didn't have a very good start. Um, he he had an upper body injury in November, missed a few games. He pulled his hamstring and missed four games, but he's starting to get through it, and you're starting to see the Alex Tuck we expect. Um, Tage Thompson's uh, started to find a groove a bit, despite Tuesday night's performance. Probably his probably his worst game of the year, in my opinion. I think he played second least amount of time this year in a game he hasn't been hurt. He only played fourteen some minutes, so um, they haven't quite been the players, or they haven't been the players they were last year. But they, those two guys in particular, they're showing some signs that they maybe they're working their way toward that point. I mean, I, I think if nothing else, this has kind of uh, proven that, that uh, Kevin Adams is going to need to make a move at some point here, whether it's at the trade deadline, before the trade deadline, or in the off season. Um, to to they need it. They need some more some more scoring. I mean, you look at. Uh, Jordan Greenway, a, a, a nice player, a nice player. I think everybody would like to have him on their team, but he's he's not a guy that you're going to put next to uh, your, your 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 top goal scorer in hopes of getting him going. Um, it, it's just not not realistic. And, and same with Zach Benson, who I think you know everybody is pleased with if you're a Sabres fan. Um, but at this point in his career, again. Not somebody who's going to help your 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 top guy get going at this juncture. I mean, it's vice versa. You want Tage Thompson to help those guys, not not vice versa. So, um, I think they need some some more depth there at the scoring, um, even with some of the younger guys still developing. I think they need another another veteran scorer as well. Sure, and it's the team. I mean, every team can use scoring, but this is a team you thought that was probably their greatest strength scoring that they, they could go three lines deep and they were just getting started. It was what you saw last year would be maybe the norm, but I mean, here they are there. I mean, they're on pace to score like whatever it was, 50 fewer goals. And it just hasn't, I mean, there's certainly been flashes of it recently that Maple Leafs game and a couple others, but yeah, it hasn't really come together. And I, I mean, let's, Let's be realistic. I mean, if, if they miss the playoffs, which I mean, it's looking like it, there's going to be <laughs> there's going to be changes, and uh, some of these they're not going to be able to afford all these guys in the new, in in the not so distant future. I mean, you have contracts kicking in next next year with Darlene and uh, Owen Power. I mean, one of the things we've talked about with just uh, why this year was was pivotal to have some success. I mean, a lot of these guys are still pretty cheap. They're on entry level deals. And you're not paying them a but in a year or two, they're going to be making a ton more money. And uh, some of these guys, as we've talked about, at some point, one of these one of these guys that's been here for a while that 
seems like a big part of their future. They expect it to be a big part of their future. So, I mean, someone's going to have to go just because you can't have all the, you can't have, you know, eight, $6 million players or whatever. It's just the, the reality. I mean, I, I think maybe the, the fool's gold there was, I think a lot of times it was talked about last year where they, they relied so much on, on Thompson Skinner tuck line to score goals. And you, you said, you know, they're, they're, they're down 50 goal or they're down 50 goals. Well, Tage Thompson is projected at 24 goals this year. Um, he had 47 last year. Tuck is projected at um, 22. He had 34 last year. I mean, right there is, is 35, 40 goals that they're missing. Um, so I think that's, that's a big deal there. Um, so maybe, maybe they just didn't have what they thought they did. Um, I don't know, but it's, uh, it's a tough deal for them right now. They need to figure out ways to put the puck in the net more consistently. I think they're trying, uh, to go back to, to playing what they used to the way they used to, but it's also hindering, um, you know, some defensive play there and, I, I think maybe they need to take a look at that as well. I mean, Owen, Owen Power um, has really, really struggled uh, at times this season. I thought he struggled against the Kraken. Um, I know you think Henry Jogiharyu, uh struggled against the Kraken as well. Is it is it time to, to do something to make, you know, one of those guys perk their ears up a little bit, whether it's sitting them a game. I know they did with Jokiharyu, um, but whether it's sitting a game, whether it's it's taking away some ice time, uh, is, it, is it time for, for one of those guys to watch a game from the press box? Yeah, I, I, I don't think Owen Power is going to get scratched. Um, I, I just think he's he's too valuable. He's too he's too big a part of what they do. And while he's he certainly hasn't had the season people expected, he's been wildly inconsistent. I actually asked Don Granato about that after Tuesday's game just about you know, how do you help him reset? And um, I, I don't think he's going to be scratched. I mean, you could definitely lose him or excuse me. You could definitely uh, shave his minutes a bit. Um, as far as Henry Yoki, Haru goes? Yeah, he has been a scratch. This he just I don't think Henry Yoki, Haru's had a had a very good season. Um, he, I don't know what it is, but he just. He hasn't just, you know, he, he came here in that Alex Nylander trade four years ago. He just established himself as this just really solid defenseman. He's not very offensive, but just, I don't know how to describe him, solid, efficient. And, uh, you know, he, he regressed under Ralph Kruger like basically everyone uh, in that, that that second year under Kruger. And then he I think he got, got more back to himself, but. He just—I don't think he's—he's he's had it this year, and he's lost games, and he's—he's I mean, he's down almost four minutes a game ice time, and that—that's—I mean—that's significant. I mean, you know, ice time is going to vary, but when you're down four minutes, I mean that—that—that's clear that you know, other guys have moved in, other guys are you know a priority. I mean, he's probably. He's played with a whole lot of partners, but Henry Okiari is probably going to sit against the Iowa Senators, and Ryan Johnson's going to move back in. So. um yeah, I think they're at a stage where, I mean, maybe you give Ryan Johnson a longer look. I mean, Ryan Johnson's played pretty well. I mean, they, they've been very careful with his minutes, very careful just giving him games. I mean, 
They have a, a pretty deep blue line, even though they they haven't played that great. They have a, they they have guys they need to get ice time, and I don't think they want to scratch Eric Johnson too much. But maybe it's time to give uh, Ryan Johnson a longer look, give him some more minutes. Um, Connor Clifton's emerged nicely over the past month, past month or so, and I think he's really becoming the player they had hoped. So, I mean. There are some positives. There are some guys that could they can give more ice time to that deserve it. But yeah, I mean uh, Owen Power just he hasn't been at that same level quite that he was at last year. Just just, just a lot of mistakes for a lot of these guys. I mean, uh, I think I, I think they're just in their head a little bit. And there, there's you know defensive mistakes, but there's where they're just not in the right spot or they overreact. But there's also mistakes. I mean, a lot of these guys. Some of their mistakes, they're just, like Matias Samuelson and Power too. It's just they're just not making smart play. I mean, you know, they throw throw the puck in the middle of the ice, or they they give it right away to an opponent. Just uncharacteristic mistakes that tells tell you maybe they're they're just a little they're a little in their head and they're they're a little antsy. The play that that stood out to me for Power was the third goal uh, by the Kraken. Tuck Tuck had just scored to tie it up uh, less than a minute into the second period. And then the puck goes along the wall. Uh, Dalene had made an aggressive play, and uh, puck is on the wall. Uh, instead of you know playing, you know splitting the difference, uh, Power goes right to the wall and tries to tries to take out that man. And you know it, I think it was Jaden Schwartz who just sends it right to Alex Wenberg. He goes in uh, uncontested on on Levi. Um, yeah. That was the odd breakaway I was talking about. It was just it was just a breakdown, and it just you don't see breakaways materialize quite that way very I mean, often. Sorry, Rob, go ahead. Rob Rob Ray put that on the on the forwards for not getting back, and I mean that's fair. The forwards needed to get back, but Power didn't need to make that aggressive of a play because he wasn't going to make it. Like there was, he wasn't going to take that guy out, and Schwartz just made an easy pass. I mean, it was easy. It was it was power made it easy on him, um, and it's just it's a basic play um, that he probably he, he learned how to play when he was, you know, ten years old. Yeah, and that's a play he that's a play that he wouldn't have made last year. I mean, like he would have made the right play last year. So I just I think these these guys are I mean they're they're pressing they're they're, <laughs> they're pressing for sure. So you look at it, um, you know, uh, Devin Levi, you talked about it. Um, there are a couple of goals he needed to make some saves on, and he didn't. Um, UPL played well uh, in the win over Pittsburgh. Very uh, well, yes. They went back to Levi, but again, Levi played well against Montreal, and they went to UPL. Are they going back to to, to UPL after after this game? I would assume so, yes. And I, I, my expectation is that they're more or less going to alternate until something happens. And, and I mean, I mean, Devin Levi, he didn't have the greatest game against the Kraken, but as I said, I mean, he's he's been, I think he's been very good since he came back from uh, uh, Rochester, whatever a month over. I guess it's over a month ago. Um, you, Luka Pekka Lukanen, uh, he got sick, kind of lost the number one job, really. Uh, early December because he got sick and it took him some time to get his game back. But I mean, he's, 
that game, the game in Pittsburgh, uh, to me, it was the best game I've ever ever seen him play. Um, Forty saves. I mean, he he was he was a difference maker, and I mean, just not not only not just forty saves, but the way the magnitude of this. I mean, magnitude of the saves, three breakaway saves, and not only stopping three breakaways in a tight game, but just, I mean, just the way he stopped them. I mean, he was just so calm and cool and he barely moved and he made them look easy. And he was just total control. It was, it was just, if you just look at whatever body language movement, the vibe he was giving, it just, it exuded confidence. And it was, to me, that was the best game I've seen him play. I mean, and um, he, as we've talked about, a lot of people were down on him and he, he, he didn't have a very, very good, second half last year at all i mean but i mean he was a rookie goalie and i think people just turned all their attention to devin levi and and they just yeah, well, i think a lot of people almost wrote uka pekka lukanen off and we're talking about a guy that not that long ago was maybe the best goalie prospect in hockey a guy considered the sabers goalie of the future and uh, i don't know why people wrote wrote him off so soon or got down on him so quickly. I mean, it takes goalies time. It, it's a long, long process. And, um, you know, it's still a small sample size of how we played in November and then how he's played over the last couple of weeks. But I mean, he's showing signs that he could be a very good NHL starting goalie someday. Do you think it's best to continue to alternate this way? It just seems when you're getting you know, a game you're playing once every, every other game, it seems pretty hard to get into a groove. Well, I mean, yeah, I know what you mean, but I think for, for both of those guys right now, I think this is the best. Um, I mean, they'll, they'll get regular action. I mean, yeah, you might have to wait a couple of days, but I mean, if Devin Levi, if Uka Pekka Lukanen plays Thursday, Devin Levi might go Saturday. Uka Pekka Lukanen can go Monday afternoon. Um, so, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not that long of a wait. They they got to keep these guys busy. And you know what? I, these guys, I mean, they seem to get along from everything. I've seen their their friends, they get along. And I think they bring out the the best in each other. And Uka Pekka Lukanen uh, said at the end of last year that he, you know, Devin Levi showing up made him realize that he had to, you know, he, he had to raise his game. He had to be better. And uh, that's still a thing. I mean, so having two guys around the same age, uh, battling for the same spot. Um, you know, I, I think that's a good thing to have. I mean, they're very, uh, they're different goalies and on, on a lot of different levels, but the goal's the same. I mean, they have almost identical numbers, which you don't see too often. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it's interesting to see how this plays out and, and may, maybe for the rest of the year, there isn't, they do alternate. I mean, who, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, Barely a month ago, Devin Levi was in the minors, and Eric Comrie seemed like would be here for the rest of the year. Uh, it seemed like Devin Levi would be in Rochester for a while, and and here we are. Eric Comrie was waived; he's in Rochester, and Devin Levi's here. So things can change in a in a heartbeat. Well, and now they're they're losing their most consistent guy, Jeff Skinner. Um, he's looking like he's not going to play uh, against the Senators. Uh, what do you make of this injury? How long do you think he's going to be out? I'm not. They, last we talked to Don Granato, they didn't have a, a firm timeline. He was he was pretty confident it wouldn't be too long. It seems like a. I mean, 
seems like he won't play against the Senators. But I mean, his I mean his loss is significant. I mean, he's he's their leading goal scorer, and I mean, we you know we understand that Jeff Skinner is never going to win a Selkie Trophy. I mean, he's not the greatest two way presence, but he I mean he's a huge asset. I mean, uh, he's on his way to another thirty goal season, or was on his way to a thirty goal season. We'll see how long he 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 misses. But um, I mean, there. are they've been a pretty goal deprived team and, and he's their leading scorer and he's done things. I mean, Jeff Skinner is one of those guys you, you kind of take for granted. I mean, he, he had those two rough years over uh, Ralph Kruger's reign, but I mean, he, he's, he's done things that very few guys in franchise history have, have done really. When you look at it, just he scored 40 goals and 30 goals, 30 goals again, and 30 goals. I mean, he's really, I mean, he, he's, he's found a level that few guys have really ever had here. And I mean, he's not a guy you can just replace. So we'll see how it plays out. But um, I mean, if if he misses any amount of time, it's it's going to be significant. All right, Bill. Do you have your snowshoes snowshoes ready to to get to the arena? Uh, I do. Good. I do. Good. I uh, might do a little relacing tonight and uh, get them ready to go. All right. All right. So, as Bill Bill is a a notorious uh, trivia hound for those who don't know, um, <laughs> loves loves trivia, uh, and w- when he doesn't know the answer, he cheats. But he's he's a notorious. I, I, I told you I looked it up. He's a, he's a notorious trivia man. <laughs> and last week I I, I wrote a story on. Uh, Pete Metzelars and and Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid passed uh, Pete Metz broke Pete Metzelars' thirty year old record for uh, uh, Bills tight ends uh, catches in a season, um, and, and um, finished with with I believe it was um, seventy three catches. Maybe it was seventy two, something like that. Uh, but he broke Metzelars' record of sixty eight. Um, there were other than Metzlaris and Kincaid. Kincaid, I believe, also finished second uh, in yards for a tight end uh, in a single season in Bills history, behind Paul Costa in nineteen sixty seven. Um, but there were there were two other tight ends in Bills history that both had that finished in the top five uh, in receptions and yards for a single season for a tight end. Can you name those players, Bill? Say again. So top five in in both receptions and receiving yards for a tight end. On the oh for a single season league wide tight ends for a single no for for Bills all time single season mark, uh, they rank in the top five in both receptions and yards for a tight end season. Yep. Um, let's see, not Tony Hunter, is it? No, no, no. Keith McKellar. Keith McKellar is not one of them. Oh boy, Scott Chandler's got to be one, right? Scott Chandler is one of them. 2013, he had 53 catches for 655 yards. What about Jay Remersma? And he is number two. All right, there you go. He 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 is now out of uh, the receipt top five in in receiving yards with Kincaid's big game. He was one behind Remersma going into the Dolphins game. Uh, and he he vaulted all the way up to to number two, passing Scott Chandler. 
Former but, Steelers tight end Jay Reimersma. I should yes. Ask. Yes, Scott Chandler and Jay Reimersma, both 53 catches, 12 years apart. So there you have it, Bill, the the notorious trivia man himself, uh, flexing his muscles here. That's right. Now, um, let me just add that uh, should 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 Dalton Kincaid, I mean, should there be an asterisk next to this? He played a 17-game season, I'm just saying. He was, he was, uh, he did miss a game to injury, though. Oh, that's okay. I do actually. I do remember that. So, all right. All right. Metzler brought that fact up to me as well. Did he? <laughs> that 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 he was playing a a seventeen game season now. Yeah, it seemed like Pete Metzler really didn't want the record to fall. No, so. he he. Uh, I don't think he minded. I think he was. Uh, he was he was joking around. He said. Uh, he said he wanted uh, Kincaid to catch one pass. Uh, the game but, winner, right? But for the game winner with three seconds left. All right. That didn't happen, but Kincaid made a lot of big catches. All right, Nick. Well, episode 19, a long one. It's been fun. Uh, we'll be back next week, possibly talking about the Bills' next playoff opponent and the Sabres' playoff push. We'll see. Anyway, uh, send us an email, buffalopressbox at gmail.com. Write a review, tell your friends, let us know what you think. Uh, Thank you, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.